0: Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. Reading today, a selection from Bread and Wine. And this uh, collection is actually uh, uh, written by a number of different authors, some of whom you will be familiar with, I'm sure. Um, These are readings for Lent and Easter, typically. So I don't know when you're watching this or listening to this. Uh, But what I find is that so often, those kinds of writings uh, hold truths that are timeless, uh, that apply at any particular time, because uh, the finished work of Christ on the cross, um, His purchasing our salvation, uh, taking the wrath of God in our place, substituting Himself for us, these are These are truths that we walk in and live in each and every day. This writing is called The Power of Forgiveness, written by a guy named uh, Johann Christoph Arnold, uh, who was an elder in the Bruderhof communities, uh, Christian communities uh, around the world, really, that uh, go all the way back to the 1920s. But this particular selection, I believe, is from his book uh, called Why Forgive?, and I just uh, have been focusing in on the subject of forgiveness and reconciliation myself uh, in my own reading and in my own prayer time uh, this week. And I just thought I would read this one for you. He says, Easter is far more than a holiday or a celebration. It is power. Jesus taught us to love our enemies and to bless those who persecute us. These are not just words. As his compassionate plea from the cross shows, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He practiced what he preached. So did Stephen, the first Christian martyr, who prayed much the same thing as he was being stoned to death. Father, do not hold this against them. Many people, including Bible-believing Christians, dismiss such an attitude as self-destructive foolishness. How can we embrace someone intent on harming or killing us? Why not fight back in self-defense? What about justice? All the while we eagerly pray, Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are our debtors or those who trespass against us. Familiar as they are, I often wonder whether we really mean what we say when we repeat these words from the Lord's Prayer and whether we sufficiently consider their meaning. Besides, Jesus was adamant when it came to the issue of forgiveness. Quote, go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. If you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Um, All of that Taken from uh, Matthew chapter five and Matthew chapter six, uh, Matthew chapter six portion of course, just after he teaches them to pray, "Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us." The only conditional statement uh, in the Lord's Prayer. So, refusing to forgive uh, is tantamount to re-crucifying Christ. So says Arnold jo- Joseph Christoph Arnold. Instead of seeing stones rolled away, we throw stones at each other. What so many people today fail to realize is that forgiveness is a door to peace and happiness. Forgiving is not ignoring wrongdoing, but overcoming the evil inside us and in our world with love. To forgive is not just a command of Christ, but the key to reconciling all that is broken in our lives and relationships. And then he quotes here Martin Luther King Jr. Returning hate for hate multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Uh, Martin Luther King said, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Hate multiplies hate. Violence multiplies violence, and toughness multiplies toughness in a descending spiral of destruction. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. We never get rid of an enemy by meeting hate with hate. We get rid of an enemy by getting rid of enmity. Wow, that's just really powerful. So then Arnold goes on and says this, I have lived long enough to learn that failure to forgive leads down a path of destruction, of bitterness, self-hate, alienation, relentless cycles of conflict and downright misery. Who would want that? I would not want that. But forgiveness, Arnold says, can vanquish all such pain. Why else did Jesus command us to forgive? It can heal both the forgiver and the forgiven. In fact, it could change the world if we allowed it to. But too often we stand in its way, not daring to let it flow through us unchecked. If only we would dare. When Christians do put Christ's command into practice by forgiving, they create a ripple effect that can touch thousands of lives and even affect the course of history. And then he's going to give a couple of examples. These are really powerful. Um, he talks about Stephen McDonald, a close friend of mine. This is Arnold talking. And a New York City police officer stopped to question three youths in Central Park one day in 1986. He was shot and paralyzed from the neck down. Stephen had been married less than a year and his wife was two months pregnant. Stephen forgave his attacker and in so doing found peace and purpose in his life. Despite being bound to a wheelchair and a breathing machine, Stephen has traveled several times to conflict-ridden Northern Ireland to speak about reconciliation, and he regularly visits high schools to speak about the power of forgiveness to resolve personal conflicts. His life is effecting changes in people in ways neither he nor anyone else would ever have imagined prior to his assault. When we forgive, we set ourselves free from the demon of bitterness. But we also set loose the power of love in the world. Now he's going to tell another story. When Miami native Chris Carrier was 10, a former family employee abducted him, assaulted him, shot him in the head, and left him to die in the Everglades. But Chris survived. In the years that followed, he struggled daily with the insecurity of knowing that his abductor was still at large. Recognizing that staying angry would never change anything, Chris found the strength to move on. And then some 20 years later, he received a telephone call that changed his life again. It was the police calling to notify him that an elderly man at a local nursing home, David McAllister had confessed to being his abductor. Chris visited him the following day. He saw how David's body was ruined by alcoholism and that unable to see, he was now facing death with only his regrets to keep him company. At the end of their time together, David clasped Chris's hand and told him he was sorry. As he spoke, Something came over Chris like a wave, and he said later, "'Why should anyone have to face death "'without family, friends, the joy of life without hope? "'I couldn't do anything but offer him "'my forgiveness and friendship.'" "'And friendship indeed,' Arnold writes. "'In the days that followed, "'Chris visited David as often as he could, "'usually bringing along his wife and their two daughters.'" They spent hours talking, reading, even praying together. And as they did, the old man's hardness gradually melted away. If the cross and resurrection are not just historic happenings, but present realities, which I believe they are, writes Arnold, then what we celebrate at Easter is the healing power of God's forgiveness at work in our world today. God's forgiveness can transform lives on a personal level, but it can influence events on a broader scale as well. Such was the case in the awakening at Mottlingen, Germany, which began on New Year's Eve 1843 when a young man known for his wild carousing and violent temper came to the door of Pastor Christoph Bloomheart to confess all of his sins. This began an unprecedented wave of confessions in which one remorseful villager after another came to reveal secret sins and reconcile their differences. Pierced to the heart, people from all walks of life felt compelled from within to break out of old ways. Stolen goods were returned. Enemies were reconciled. Infidelities and crimes including a case of infanticide, were confessed and broken marriages were restored. Jesus, writes Arnold, offered his disciples the keys of the kingdom. (laughs) We hold the keys of forgiveness in our hands. And we must choose whether or not to use it. Christ wants to use our hands, wounded as they may be, to extend his forgiveness to the world. Will they be closed or outstretched like his? Wow. Bread and Wine, daily readings for Lent and Easter. And that one by... Johann Christoph Arnold, uh, taken from his book, Why Forgive? Let's pray. Lord, we have to confess uh, in our own lives, in our own hearts, uh, when we hear these kinds of stories, that many of us just don't have the courage to forgive like that. Our hearts are in the grip of unforgiveness, and so we need you to deliver us, to set us free. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes to see how amazing is the grace that has forgiven us in the person and work of Jesus, and that because of a greater awareness of your generosity to us, Lord, we might, in like kind, bearing the family image of our Father who art in heaven, turn to others, offering forgiveness, working toward reconciliation and peace, all in the name of Jesus, for his sake, for his glory and his sake. We pray this in his name. Amen. And amen. Have a great day. Daily Devotions with Pastor Jim Thomas is a resource of The Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Kege.